Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 103 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a great talk today with Dr. Shri Noel, and we are talking all things self-care. But first, if you're just joining me for the first time, I'm Siobhan Key. I am a weight loss coach for physicians. I help physicians who struggle with stress and binge eating find freedom without depending on willpower, which is amazing if you think of all the effort you've put into stop eating certain things that it could happen without actually exerting willpower to do it totally can and it's fantastic when you find that. I'm also a practicing obesity and family medicine physician and I'm a mom of three kids so I know what it's like to live a busy physician lifestyle and struggle with self-care as you'll hear me talk about on this interview. Dr. Noel is an internal medicine physician and she runs a business called Step-by-Step Wellness and Weight Loss which is wellness and weight loss coaching. Uh, and self-care is one of her favorite topics. I thought this was fantastic to bring up for this podcast because it's something we've talked about in the periphery, but self-care is so important, and yet as physicians, we are the last people on our list for self-care. We will do so much for so many other people on our list, and we will do it at the expense of ourselves. But what if doing that self-care and taking that time for self-care actually made us better to do all the other caring for everybody else. Welcome to the podcast, Shri. I'm so happy to have you here. We've interacted on Facebook for quite a while, so it's really cool to see you face-to-face and actually be chatting. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, my pleasure. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners so they have a bit of a sense of who you are? And then we're going to be talking about self-care, which I think is a fantastic topic and one I feel I need to hear today, (laughs) this particular week. (laughs) Absolutely. So yes, my name is Dr. Shri Noel. I am an internal medicine physician, went to medical school at SUNY Upstate in Syracuse, New York, and then went on to do my internal medicine residency at the University of Rochester. I practiced there for about five years in an outpatient practice. And then recently, I have transitioned into a role as a wellness coach in my own business called Step-by-Step Wellness and Weight Loss, where I coach individuals on how to reach some of their wellness and weight loss goals. Awesome. And what got you interested in the field of the wellness coaching? Absolutely. So when I was practicing, what I really loved was taking the time to sit down with patients and talk about lifestyle modification, talk about diet and exercise and how incorporating that can really make a difference in terms of their lives as a whole, in terms of some of their chronic diseases that they were dealing with. And I often 
felt frustrated because I didn't have a lot of time to spend with them talking about, you know, the hows and the whys of implementing these lifestyle changes. And so I was at a busy practice. I had my children and sort of, you know, trying to achieve a better work-life balance. And, you know, I had this interest in just spending more time with individuals teaching these lifestyle improvements and changes. And I thought that I would pair this love, this passion that I have with sort of a better work-life balance for myself. And so that's how I kind of transitioned into this. Excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. So today we are talking about self-care, which as you and I've already talked about, is such an important topic for physicians. And as physicians, we generally do it somewhat poorly in the fact that we don't prioritize ourselves. And when I was joking at the beginning, this has been a classic week where it feels like there's just far too many demands on my time. So I haven't done any of my normal self-care stuff. And Mm -hmm. guess what? It's not a great week. It doesn't feel very fantastic. I find it so fascinating watching my own brain in that the self-care is the first thing that goes like, and you know, even when I'm working and aware of it, as soon as things get stressful and I feel like time's tight, the first thing my brain gives up is, okay, just don't do the self-care and just, you know, work more, which I think so many of us do. So I think this is a fantastic topic. Absolutely. So common. Oh, so common. What are your main topics or like your areas of focus when you're talking about self-care? Or let's start with like, why is it important? Because if a listener's sitting here listening and doesn't do much for self-care, it's sometimes hard to understand why you should and why it may be worthwhile saying no to something else in order to do that self-care. Yeah, so self-care is incredibly important. And like you said, I don't think sometimes we realize just how important it is as physicians, as moms, as caretakers. I feel that we are sort of always in the in a sense, giving of ourselves to other people, but then sort of last to give, you know, to ourselves. And I saw something recently that sort of resonated with me. And it said that, you know, like our phone chargers, we don't want our phone to die. We're always looking to charge it and make sure, you know, people can get a hold of us. But it's the same thing for our bodies, right? And our energy. If we need to charge ourselves up to make sure that we're not sort of on E in terms of battery life as well. And so I feel like if we take the time to re-energize ourselves, we show up better in all the other areas of our lives. So we show up better for our patients. We show up better for our spouses and for our children. We're less irritable because we've taken some time to just sort of unwind and we're just not as, you know, uptight or tense. And so I think it can be difficult because we're all busy and we may not feel like we have the time to, you know, incorporate self-care into our lives, but it's incredibly important. I think we show up for ourselves and for others better when we take the time to pour into ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting piece of it is how often if we do take the time especially as moms, we Mm. have the guilt, right? Like it's often that we view it as if we're doing time for ourselves or it means we're taking away from somebody else in our life, kids, Mm -hmm. partner, patients. That's right. 
That's right. And I like to say that, you know, self-care isn't selfish. It sometimes feels that way. You know, it feels selfish, like, oh, you know, I'm taking this time for myself. But again, I like to remind folks that self-care isn't selfish. You're pouring into yourself again so you can show up better for everybody else in your life. Because it's really hard to pour into other people when you're sort of coming from a empty cup. Yeah, absolutely. I like to ask the question of, and this is a question I got from one of my original life coaches, but who would benefit? Who else would benefit if you took the time to do that? That's excellent. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think that often kind of gets to the core of that mom guilt, right? Because we think like what you're saying, we think just pushing through and going, going, going and spending the most time we can with our kids is the right thing. But if the version of us that shows up there is stressed out and irritable, maybe that's not the best for the kids. Maybe it's better that we go and have a bath or read a book and then we come back and have a little bit less time, but we're a nice mom. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We're not so irritable. We're not so snappy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So what techniques do you use with your clients for self-care? If somebody's super busy and feeling super overwhelmed, where's the kind of money zones, the places that you get the kind of highest reward for the smallest amount of time investment. Absolutely. So again, you know, we're all busy. We don't have a lot of time maybe to pour into a self-care activity. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sometimes we think of self-care as like massages or, you know, Sounds spa really days. Nice, by the way. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> like, and yes, self-care can totally, yeah, <laughs> like sign me up, right? <laughs> and self-care can totally be those things. But, you know, on the, you know, day to day, I usually like to, you know, anywhere from like five to 15 minutes. So, and sometimes I just tell people to schedule that, to schedule it just to make sure that you're getting it done. And so, you know, some quick things can be things like organizing, making to-do lists and checking something off of those to-do lists. And some people will say, well, maybe, you know, that doesn't really sound like self-care, but that sense of accomplishment that we can gain from, you know, organizing a section in your home and seeing it be clutter-free can be really a sense of accomplishment that we feel from that. And then also, you know, seeing that area that's decluttered just kind of mentally does something for you as well. You know, listening to a portion of a podcast can be really uplifting. You know, music is really great as well. I also tell people to, you know, call a loved one or a family member that you haven't connected with in a long time. You know, we're always on the go, we're on our phones, we're texting, but sometimes we don't pick up the phone and call. And especially now in the time of COVID where a lot of us are separated from our friends and loved ones physically, it's nice to pick up the phone or FaceTime for a short period of time. Just that reconnection, that human connection can be really rejuvenating. And, you know, getting back to some of the old hobbies that you may have had, again, it may not be something that you have hours to spend on, but if you could just a chunk of time, like 10 or 15 minutes, just kind of getting back to the things that you love, lighting a scented candle, easy to do, buying fresh flowers for your home somewhere in, you know, in the central part of your home where you can, you know, see it readily are some other great suggestions, you know, reading a book, you know, it doesn't have to be anything too crazy, but I think just taking the time is the most important thing. And again, if you have to schedule it, you know, just like you do all your other appointments, then I think, you know, just schedule it just to get it done. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you know, it's the scheduling thing is interesting because I personally have weirdness with my schedule in that like it if I see my calendar look too full, it like makes me panic. But I think the issue is is that it's too full of work, right? If the thing that's taking a chunk out of your schedule is you go for a walk or sit and read a book midday, that's very different, right? And can be like I like to think of kind of gifts that we give ourselves in the future. So if you sit and schedule like tomorrow at 1 p.m., I'm going to take a half hour break to do X, Y, or Z. Then tomorrow you get to wake up and you're like, yay, <laughs> look what's planned for me. To. <laughs> Instead of how we usually look at our calendars where we're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look good. Exactly. And I find that a lot of times, like if you do have that something to look forward to, you're sometimes more efficient in your work because you know that a break is coming. You know that something enjoyable is coming. So you can, you know, bury your head and get it what you need to get done. So then you can look forward to that reward at the end of the day or midday. Mm, Absolutely. For the people that listen to my podcast, this topic is so important because often we use food because food is the simplest, fastest, easiest thing to access when we feel like we need self-care. So our brain's trying to fix something and it turns to food to fix it. Mm -hmm. But over a lifetime, I was talking about this with my obesity medicine group medical visit last night is asking them, when was the first time you remember using food to feel better? And it's like when you're six years old, like it's young, right? So you've had that lifetime of using food to accomplish this. But what that means is you lose these skills. That's right. Like you don't have the coping strategies because food's just been always easier. And it can take time to figure these things out and find the ones that work for you and work in your life and your schedule. And I think it's important to try because the way I picture it is like, you know, the food's kind of one dimensional, right? Like it, it does offer some relief, but it's brief and it kind of offers that one dimension of relief. And yet, if you start doing the other activities that you're talking about, like accomplishing things that have been on your to-do list for forever or, you know, taking time to just do something that you enjoy for yourself, those are more three-dimensional things. As a human experience, they add more than just that simple, like, relief. Yes. Which I like. But it can take time to figure out and practice is the big thing. It definitely can, especially like you said, you're, if you're used to turning to food for comfort or to unwind, it can definitely be a shift to realize that doing some of these other things can provide the relief in the you know ability to decompress as well. But once you start doing it, you realize how good it makes you feel. And that's another thing is like once you take the time to start implementing some of these self-care practices, you notice how good it makes you feel a lot of times you do reach for food less because you're getting some satisfaction out of what you're doing. And then it sort of snowballs. You just are more likely to schedule it because you remember, oh yeah, I felt way more refreshed when I took, you know, 10 minutes to take a quick brisk walk around the block or something like that. And so it just kind of builds on one another. And I think once you start implementing them, you realize how good you feel, you keep going with it, and then you can, you know, slowly, you know, maybe stop reaching for food quite as much. But you're right, you have to figure out what works for you, what one technique may not work for you, well, you know, where it has for someone else necessarily. If somebody's listening to this and they've 
like been overeating and really struggling with food for a long time. And then they try to say, go for a walk. Initially, that walk isn't going to actually feel like it works. But with time and with doing it repeatedly instead of the food, your brain does adjust where that walk becomes more pleasurable, more enjoyable. And then like you're talking about, you start to look forward to it. It starts to be Mm -hmm. the thing that you'll protect above other things in your schedule because you know you need it so much. It can take practice. I think if anybody's listening and they're like, oh, I tried that, it didn't work. Sometimes it's just you need to do it consistently for a little bit to see the benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like try it on, you know, try it on for a period of time before you say, oh, you know, that didn't really work for me. Absolutely. You listed a lot of different activities. I'm thinking for busy physicians who's sitting here thinking, I don't have time for anything. (laughs) What are the, you know, the fastest, quickest things that they can try adding in? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So I think, you know, you're already at the supermarket, perhaps, or you're getting a delivery of your groceries during this time, getting flowers while you're already there. So that's really quick and easy. You know, I have tons of books laying around. Some of them I haven't been able to get to. I set a timer for, you know, five or 10 minutes. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm like, oh, you know, I got a chance to get into a little bit of my book. So I think that's super easy. I think when you don't have to go out of your way to find these things, I think it ends up being like something that's doable. It's like, okay, yep, I have that book on my bedside that I've been meaning to get to, but I'm always getting to bed too late or up charting too late and I never get a chance to do it. But I think the starting point might be to just set the timer, and then get to work on some of those things. And what I usually recommend too for my clients is that you make your own list of things that you consider to be self-care. So then if you do you know, schedule five or 10 minutes out of your day, you can look on that list and say, okay, what can I do in these five or 10 minutes to sort of re-energize myself? Because my list probably looks different than other folks' lists. But some of those, you know, the music and the podcast are really easy things that are at our disposal already. We're just not utilizing them. And so I think if we, you know, maybe jot those things down, things that generally will make us happy or, you know, put us in a good mood, then, you know, when we're stressed out, we already have the list to refer back to. Because sometimes when we're stressed out and we're stressed out, (laughs) you know, we we may not be thinking like, oh, you know, what seems nice and relaxing right now because, you know, our minds are sort of full with, with other things that are going on. So sometimes just having that list at our disposal can be super helpful. So you can say, yes, let's do this or that to kind of unwind a little bit. But I think using things that are already at your disposal instead of having to bring something in is probably going to be the quickest win. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, I do that with my coaching clients too, is having a list. Because I think in those moments when you truly need the self-care, your brain will not generate any of those. And especially if something like food has been your go-to, that is the only answer your brain will give you. (laughs) That's right. None of that's going to (laughs) work. Just need to eat. Yes. And so having that and actually like sticking it to your fridge or having it on your phone or somewhere where you can access it really quickly, I think is good. The other thing I used to do, I haven't for a while, but I keep headphones stored in my desk drawer at work. Mm-hmm. So if I started to feel a little bit stressed or if I was, you know, catching myself feeling really hurried, I could just put on like a two minute meditation. Mm-hmm. And even did that sometimes, you know, mid 
mid-office when there are people in the waiting room because I started to recognize that if I just took that little bit of time, brought myself back down, I could get through those people like so much more efficiently than if I just kept the like hamster wheel, got to go, got to go, got to go type feeling. That's right. That's an excellent recommendation. But yeah, just having it handy, having it on your phone. Yeah, meditation's wonderful. Using music, you know, that's right here on your phone and just being able to access it can make all the difference. Totally, yeah. Well, I was in my office, I had, because like I said, the week has been busy. <laughs> so when I sat down in my office and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Today is a 90s music day. I'm going to go through my day listening to 90s music. And it makes it better. It does. It does. It, it certainly it does. Fun. It um, does. And then even something, you know, like if you want to incorporate your kids, I mean, it's usually self-care you, you think of as kind of like being, you know, sort of by yourself. But my kids and I, we like to do kind of do just dance parties nice. where we just like turn on the music and just, you know, just kind of free flow and just kind of have a nice time. So take you out of your reality for a little bit, just kind of, you know, forget about the long list of things that you need to do or, you know, other things that might be stressing you out and just kind of, you know, let loose for a little bit can be fun too. Excellent. So the other question would be, what tips do you have for people to remember to do this? Because how often do we have good intentions? Like, okay, you've already given one tip is actually enter it into your calendar, but do you have Mm -hmm. other tips for people to actually remember to do this stuff and catch themselves at that point where they're like what I've been this week, where their brain's like, oh, too busy, can't stop for that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think that is one of the biggest challenges is that it's like, you know, we know what we should be doing, but we don't necessarily put it into practice. And that goes for a lot of sort of issues with regards to our weight. But I think number one, like you mentioned, like we talked about earlier, is scheduling the time. Just maybe set an alert on your phone. I like to do my self-care towards the evening hours because I feel like it helps me sleep better. I'm just a little bit more relaxed and I'm able to unwind just a little bit more. So I like scheduling my self-care time towards the end of the night. And I have a little timer on my phone that reminds me that it's time to go to bed because I have a tendency to work late into the night. And then I'm like, oh boy, I have to run up to bed because it's time to go to sleep. And then I miss out on my self-care sometimes. So I really think putting measures into place that will remind you to put some of these measures into place. For me, that's a timer on my phone that reminds me, yep, it's time to go up to bed, have your self-care time before you go to bed. You know, whether that's you know in your calendar or a timer that goes off, I think those are really helpful. I agree with your suggestion to write it on the list, have it easily available and visible to you because that might be a visual cue to incorporate some of those self-care techniques. So like having on the refrigerator or where you tend to overeat the most. So if that's the pantry, maybe sticking the list in your pantry as a way to trigger you to say, maybe not choose the food, but choose one of these self-care techniques instead. Or if that's your car or, you know, because you could certainly listen to meditation tapes and things like that from the car and things like that. So I think having the list visible, particularly in areas where you tend to overeat or tend to mindlessly eat can be really helpful. And then also 
setting timers and setting reminders to just take some time to sort of check in with yourself, see how you're doing, and then decide whether you need to, you know, maybe incorporate some self-care at that time. In your evenings, then, do you have like a self-care routine that you do in the evening? So I'm still a work in progress myself. I'm still trying to incorporate self-care more with two young kids and a husband and a, a new business. I'm still, you know, sort of making sure that I get my self-care in. But what I have done is that my new thing is that I'm trying to get through some of the books that have been collecting dust on on my nightstand for a while. So what I have been doing now is uh, setting a reminder that it's time for bed on my phone. Then I come upstairs, you know, wash my face and get ready for bed. And then I spend a little bit of time reading. Sometimes I'll listen to some podcasts. I try to stay off off screens just to help me with sleep. But it's either usually a podcast, listening to a podcast or getting some reading in. And I feel like I just feel relaxed after that. I feel like I've done something that I wanted to do after I've been serving my family and my clients all day. And it's super rewarding. In the nights that I don't get to it, I notice a big difference too. I, I feel like I'm, you know, I stay up longer, you know, thinking about how the day went, what I have to do for the next day, instead of just, you know, sort of drifting off to sleep. Yeah. I'm the flip side of you. I'm a morning person and I started that. I have twins. And so when they were little, I realized the only time of the day that I could have to myself is if I got up before they did. Yeah. Having that morning routine makes a huge difference. And FYI, I haven't been doing it this week because uh-huh. again, my brain's like, you need to sleep. It's been busy. But mm-hmm. <laughs> this, I could tell you with 100% certainty, this week would have felt totally better if I'd actually gotten myself up and did my morning routine because it makes a huge difference. That like, bit of time. And the reason why I did mornings too, is I really liked entering my day, knowing that no matter what happened, whatever went sideways, I'd already gotten my time. Mm -hmm. I had my time. I'd had my quiet. I'd done my running and all that stuff. And so I could handle whatever else were to come because I'd already gotten that in. And so I think a lot of it's about figuring out what works for you in your life, right? Like, where does it make sense for you? For me, the evenings, I was just back then, like, so exhausted. I couldn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, like, similar to, like, workouts, right? Like, it's like, okay, are you going to fit in your workout, like, first thing in the morning before your day gets crazy? Are you, you know, more of an after-work workout? It's just, it is a lot of trial and error, kind of figuring out what's going to work best for you. Yeah, my kids are usually up before I am. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, they come knocking and waking me up. So the morning hasn't really worked out so well for me, but they're in bed and the house is quiet. That's kind of our time. But yeah, I definitely think, you know, what works for one person might not work for the other and just a little bit of trial and error, or it could be midday when you're, you know, at work in between, you know, patients before you start your afternoon session, particularly if it's a busy day, you know, just popping in your earphones and, you know, listening to a podcast or some music or just meditation, something to recenter yourself before the rest of the day. It can really be any time. There's no wrong time. And there could be several times a day, depending on how things are going. But just, you know, picking those things that are effective for you and kind of going with it. That just remind me of back when I hired my very first life coach, I was completely burnt out and just like 
so, <laughs> so done with my life. <laughs> but not in, that sounded bad, but in, in just like, I was like, this is just like a hamster wheel I can't get off of. And the first thing I did working with him was I made myself leave the office on my lunch hour and go for like a five or 10 minute walk. Telling this story, if anybody's listening, thinking, you know, it's the little stuff won't matter. But I can tell you like that first, like physically walking away from my desk, walking away from people talking to me and just walking and being outside for that short little bit of time had huge ripple effects because that's something we haven't talked about. But that five minutes that you take or even two minutes, it has ripple effects through the rest of the day. So it's not just that two-minute investment. You actually get return on that investment. And for me, that simple walk, I truly believe, is kind of what set me up to get out of my burnout, to kind of go through this whole process that I've been through for years now and actually, like, you know, have the life that I want to and be happy in my life, which is interesting because the life actually isn't that much different from what it was when I was really burnt out. But it's, it's me and that life is different. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I totally agree that the return that you get is so much more. And even like, you know, when I was in practice and I would be, you know, eating lunch at my desk and... Well, you're trying to finish up some notes. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yep. Working away, you know, instead of like interacting with, you know, my colleagues or, you know, office staff, like in the lunchroom. Like, I think there's something to be said about like that human connection and trying and interacting with other people, whether you're like, you know, we had some ladies that would go for walks. So I think, you know, being outdoors and getting sunshine and all of that is helpful. But even just, you know, interacting with other human beings, instead of working throughout the whole lunch hour, I think that that can be just a little bit rejuvenating too, where you're like, okay, you know, I've had some human interaction, maybe shared some laughs and, you know, I'm ready to face the rest of the day. So it it seems like counterintuitive because you can't get work done if you're you know, socializing, but then it can uplift your mood so much more though. Absolutely. Any last tips for people listening? So I would just really reiterate the fact that self-care is so, so important. And we talk a lot about it and we put a lot of emphasis on it, but I would just encourage folks listening to just take that first step schedule that first five minutes in their day, feel the difference that a little self-care can make in your day. Like you said, the returns um, that you get are far-reaching, including, you know, showing up better for your patients, for your spouse, for your children, in your weight loss journey. When you feel better about you, you feel better about yourself, you're going to treat yourself better, make better decisions in terms of your food choices and things like that. And you're just coming from a, a better place and you show up for yourself as well, even better when you're tank is filled up. So I think that, you know, even for me, who I teach this all the time, it's a good reminder for me too to just take the time. And I just want to just encourage everyone that's listening to just take the time. Even if you don't feel like you have it, just schedule the time and just do it. Absolutely. And can you let people know where they can find you if they want to learn more about what you do? Absolutely. So again, it's step-by-step wellness and weight loss. And my website is sbswellness.com. 
there, you can learn about more of the work that I'm doing and some of the things that I offer there as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me and taking the time out of your day to talk about this super important topic that no physician generally does very well. No, I agree. Oh, it's been a pleasure. That was great. There's so many tips and different ways of applying self-care. And I really think the take-home point from this is it does not have to be a big chunk of time. You don't have to carve out huge pieces out of your day to do self-care. Small, tiny, minuscule, idiest, bittiest little pieces of self-care matter and they make a difference overall and they add up. Make sure you check out Dr. Noel's website, sbswellness.com. And if you're loving this podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And if you could leave a review, I would be super appreciative. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.